games present the at some point in the day show with solo what's up folks welcome back to the show i'm solo and for today's episode i am going to be speculating on a couple of different topics in the gaming industry uh no particular theme however it's a slow news week so trying out a couple of different things and uh one of those is going to be i'm not going to take a minute to get this show going and so the handles for the socials at people like games website in the shop plg.gg and uh now without doing much further let's get it so my first topic uh that i want to talk about is the potential price point for the next generation console battle between playstation 5 and the xbox series x more or less excuse me more or less what I want to talk about is the fact that PlayStation 5 is rumored to be about $400, whereas the Xbox Series X is going to be $500. The question becomes, is it actually going to make a fundamental difference uh, in terms of which console ends up selling more? And is the actual sales of the specific hardware consoles going to be what defines who wins this next wins this next generation battle? Because Xbox is sort of positioning itself with the Game Pass and with its xCloud, which is its cloud gaming service, to be more of a subscription service that you can play on any device with the Xbox Series X sort of serving as an additive uh, benefit. So if you have a mobile phone, like they're going to make their money primarily off those subscriptions by widening the base of their players and then additional money from accessories like controllers and headsets and etc. PlayStation 5, whereas they're going in a bit more of a... Tr- it would, that's why Microsoft said that they felt like they were competing with Google and Amazon. PlayStation 5, on the other hand, is going a bit more in the traditional version of just trying to release a console with its IP and sell that and sort of run it up like that. I still think they will end up in some form or manner partnering with NVIDIA GeForce uh, unless that service is able to figure out a way to make better deals with publishers but for now uh their best option so go marry go marry with sony and watch microsoft get a little bit more nervous because they I, for someone who keeps saying that they're competing with two different companies they keep responding to playstation and sony's marketing so what can you do anyway topic two the continuing marriage between gaming and the larger entertainment industry. So more or less, I just want to talk about what I think that is going to see. So there's a whole lot of new networks of content that are going to be coming out. There's like Players Network and some other thing. I throw it up on my Twitter. Uh, And the point of that is that now that everyone's stuck at home, they see that gaming is rising in popularity. Actually, it's going to be my next subject. However, they want to take advantage of that in the form of content because content is king. Gamers are able to get a certain amount of views and a, a, a built-in audience, and now their larger sort of entertainment money sphere is trying to bet on the fact that, and this was an addendum to the conversation I had yesterday with Azim, which if you haven't listened to it yet, go, go back and check, take a look at it. The ability to see whether a more generic popular artist in pop culture, if they were to come in and start streaming, would they be able to take away a viewer from, say, a ninja or a shroud or a doctor of disrespect? Or is there such a fundamental difference in the audiences that 
a general celebrity can come in or a hip hop celebrity or whoever it is, but they have to partner to a degree with a gamer or an esports team or, or player for that to sort of work. So there has to be an integration of both celebrity and game celebrity for this to potentially work. They're going to try a couple of different avenues. So expect a lot of mediocre content coming in front of your eyes and ears uh, in the near future from a lot of these places. And I respect it, but I will have better content in the end. People like games. That's me. That's us. The good old folks. Regardless. Uh, what I meant now for what I said that gaming is now popular would be my next subject. Obviously, gaming has seen a huge increase. I think Verizon mentioned they saw a 75% jump in their network usage. And shout out to or sympathies for the people trying to find a Nintendo Switch still on the market. Uh, just because everyone's stuck at home and they want a form of entertainment that's a bit more active than passive. So when you're watching a movie and you just have it on and you're scrolling on social media, that to a degree just it becomes boring and repetitive however a game where you're also interacting with it actively while going through the same sort of potential narrative story that you would with the movie say if you're not playing multiplayer it opens up a lot of doors and so that doesn't surprise me that gaming is becoming popular but according to a couple of articles bloomberg digiday and a couple of other places advertising in-game advertising and purchases in-game app purchases has not sort of subsequently followed so whereas they saw a 60% jump in downloads they are only seeing say a 10% jump in interaction with an in-game ad or with an additional purchase the question now is is that widening base that's becoming more familiar with gaming if even if they're not immediately profitable will they be eventually profitable because this was one of the things I said with all of these esports going on to ESPN yeah, the popularity is there right now, but the same person watching these esports because of a lack of alternative, once those alternatives are again available, yeah, we're going to peel off a few people that were previously potentially not gamers or, or fans of esports or watching gaming, and now they are, versus how many of them will actually be converted into continually spending active fans and so there i don't think that lag gap is here yet i think there's gonna be a short-term boost that people then see like you know die down a little bit and then when the second wave of this shit happens that everyone is predicting then i think we'll then there'll be two or three years now building towards where we're, we're getting towards the apex of of gaming breaking in and now this was just sort of the the fundamental starting point of it moving from a niche into the generic mainstream where every single New York, I, I think every single publication I've seen has gaming related articles, whereas gaming for anything other than mockery or for sort of questionable ethos was what had been their prior work with relation to gaming. So now everyone's a gaming expert, but they ain't been around. We have in multiple iterations. I got a couple of cool logos and merchandise with it. So I don't know what to do with it. So if anyone Wants it. I might, I might just sell that. Uh, and then, what else do I have? What else do I have? Lastly, I'm going to make these episodes a little shorter. I don't know if people are trying to watch stuff over 10 minutes long, but I think 10 minutes should be like a good good shooting point from now on. Um, anyway, 
loot boxes. So the ESRB, which is the Entertainment Software uh, Ratings Board, has announced that they're going to be putting a little marker on games that include loot boxes. Pretty basic version of actually trying to moderate what exists. At least they're letting parents know, but I don't know if anyone actually reads those or if parents even end up actually actively approving which games their kids are buying because most of it is online anyway. And so to that degree, I guess fine. You you did it and that's cool. Um, no, there's still a couple of steps behind China. I don't think all companies have released their uh, the odds of loot boxes yet for item receival or retrieval. I don't know what phrase I'm looking for there. I'm not going to stick with it, though. The basic premise point, then again, is is this borderline minimal level of, hey, look, at least we let you know about it, going to change potentially how loot boxes are viewed because everyone obviously knows that went from like, this is a practice and that's how it is to you better not do loot boxes and now we went to more of a season pass model or whatever call of duty is calling their model not good i was playing last night for like the first time ever and apparently you can't even pick which map you want to play in what the fuck you got time to release four or five games in a fucking year you don't have time to put in a simple goddamn fact that you could choose what map you want like good lord activision blizzard good lord um complete side note great phrase is going to be coming into play from now on by the way that's what i want to say with relation to that story bottom gun so bottom gun is uh actually bottom gun can't talk i'm not gonna explain any more than that if you don't know what that means you, you don't if you know you know if you don't you're bottom gun and you can't talk ah that's funny i'm gonna run with that one uh anyway like i said uh don't know if this will lead to more of an acceptance. Uh, don't know if it'll lead to people just sort of continually moving away from loot boxes. It's sort of died down, sort of secondary subject. Now the game is becoming a bit more popular. Uh, as I've said, curious to see if the revenue ends up following through. And I'm curious to see if we end up ever seeing any loot box legislation because the regulation on that was sort of building up and then it sort of has become deflated in the past couple of months or weeks as esports and gaming become such a economically viable option to sports uh so i don't think regulators will suddenly say hey look at this potential economic lifeline let's figure out a way to throw some more regulations on it i think gaming companies suddenly have quite a leverage point unfortunately we'll find out what they do with that leverage point anyway Anywho, I did not get facts. That, that's that's all I have in terms of content. Uh, so if you're like, hey, are you talking about anything else useful? No, no, nope, no, nope, no longer. Now I'm talking about me. Uh, I was going to get facts and I keep forgetting to. So now I'm going to run into maybe one or two just because I feel like a personality is what you guys are looking for. So maybe I should share some of my personality. Um, let's see. Let's see. I'm a big movie guy. Uh, I like dramedies a lot. I guess that's one way to put it. Stranger Than Fiction is one of my favorite movies of all time. That, yes, is with Will Ferrell. And it's actually really good. Uh, shit, I might do a movie review on here one day. Why not? Like, I know it's people like games, but what? Solo likes more than games, too. Uh, and what else do I have? I went to school in Boston, uh, both undergrad and grad school. So I was in Boston for like eight, nine years before I came back here. To New York, which is where I am currently. So shout out my people. New York, New York. That's how we roll. This is just for the the screenshot of this photo. 
mug. If I remember, mug, I might as well drink some coffee with it. Um, I'm gonna be streaming tomorrow, playing Gunstar Heroes, one of my personal favorite games from the Sega Genesis era. And like I've said before, uh, my my technology is a little shoddy, so I have to do a little bit of low grade streaming for now. In the middle of purchasing all my upgrades, so we're gonna have a whole new whole new new coming up very soon. So anyway, enough of uh, enough of me talking. As always, thank you for listening. At People Like Games is the handles, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yada yada. This show obviously on YouTube, website, and shop men's and women's merchandise, plg.gg. Going to be doing a giveaway very soon, so stay tuned. And I'll be back tomorrow. You know how I get out of here. Bean. Peace.